Man, summer is upon us. Uh, I took my kids to the swimming pool, and there, I mean, it was packed. There were so many people there, and it was, it was hot. The water was cold. People were doing all sorts of jumps off the diving board, and I was like, it is summertime, and I love summer. I think it has to be one of my favorite seasons. So what's your favorite thing uh, about summer? Movies. Ooh, nice. Or lubies. I don't know which one you said, but either one's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> Little lubies love right there. There you go. My, my favorite thing uh, about summer was something my wife and I got to experience when we lived overseas. Uh, the place that we lived, when it was summertime, they would come out with this uh, really amazing summer fruit. It was the, the prime season for watermelon. It was the prime season for cherries. And you would start to see street vendors bring out the watermelons, bring out the cherries, selling them. And we would eat so much fruit during the summer. And I just love that image in, in my mind. I'd love for it to be in your mind of just the fruit of the summer, that thing that just happens this time of year, that it only happens this time of year. I didn't realize it then, you know, living in Texas, where we have like chemicals and all sorts of technology, there's not as much seasonal fruit that I'm aware of, but there was very, you got to in the summer, no more watermelon, no more cherries. And it made me realize there's just certain things that happen in the summer season that, that are fruit, that are sweet and enjoyable and refreshing and relaxing. And as we're into the summer as a church, I want to speak to you today about summer fruit. My hope for you, been thinking about you this week, been praying for you this week, my hope for you and for us is that this would be a really fruitful summer, that this would be a summer that's marked by refreshment, that's marked by joy, that's marked by growth, that we just, we get to the end of the summer and we say, that was a summer well spent. That was a summer well lived. We've got a lot of differences in our church, people from different jobs, different schools, different backgrounds. Uh, but one thing that I think we could all agree on, I don't think there's a single person here that wouldn't want to live summer well, that wouldn't want a summer well spent. I think we could all uh, agree on that. And I want to speak to you about that Today, I want to give you just some thoughts from the Word of God. I'd encourage you uh, to look at this like a meal where you're going to have takeout, meaning uh, I'm going to share some things with you that aren't meant to stop here in the, in the time that the service is over, but some questions that you can take out with you that you can chew on this week. You go to lunch with somebody, these would be good things to talk about uh, today or later on in the week that I think will help you live a summer well spent. Sound good? Okay, today we are going to look at the first of these topics related to summer fruit, uh, and it's about seasons, the season of summer. When we're thinking about a summer well spent, it's important for us to realize the season. My friend David over here, David, little wave, David Johnson, sent me a, a sermon that had been deeply meaningful to him a couple weeks ago. I listened to it about seasons, and it just... It, it, it just resounded in me. I don't know if you've ever had something like that where it's just like, man. And I've been thinking about it for several weeks and in praying about today. I was like, this is a, uh, what I believe is a word for our community, for our church, to help us live well this summer. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, that's where we're going to start. I love this uh, passage of Scripture. It comes from the book of Genesis, first book in the Bible, the life of Noah, 
So in the storyline of Scripture, what's happened is uh, God has sent the flood, is recreating the world, is wiping away evil, and he's speaking in the Scripture we're about to read to Noah. He's speaking about what he has for Noah, his commitment to Noah, his family, and the world. And God says this in, in verse 22. He says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. What we see is God speaking. He's speaking to Noah about a life well lived. He's speaking to Noah about what God is doing in this world that he is is building. And I think that we could all uh, agree, we look at this, we understand our world is built on seasons, on rhythms, that it's not happenstance that it's like that, but this is part of what our God has created, the world in which we live, and to live well means understanding the season in which we're in. Uh, You can imagine if you're a farmer, it would be important to know, are you in a season where it's seed time, where it's time to sow seed, or are you in a season where it's harvest? If you get those things backwards and you go out in seed time and you're looking for harvest and there's nothing there, you're in a world of trouble, right? Likewise, if you go and it's time to harvest and you're not harvesting things, you're sowing seed, you're just like, hey, buddy, I think you might be off. You might not have this farming thing down, okay? Uh, another example, cold and heat. I am from, uh, went to college, most of my college career in Texas, and one way you could tell all the out-of-state students at the college that I went to was this deal related to cold and heat. When the seasons would change going into the fall, there would be several times where there would be a, a chill in the air in the fall. You would wake up. It would be a little chill, right? If you're an out-of-state student, you would go and you would say, oh, fall is upon us. I'm going to unpack my sweaters. I'm going to unpack my, my beanies, my toboggans. I'm going to get my fleece jackets out, all my, all my stuff that I'm ready. And, you know, you would come to school that day loaded up thinking that it was cold. Now, if you were from in-state, you knew this was just a pump fake of the Texas weather. By 11 a.m., it would be 95. So what do you do? You show up, you're in your tank top and shorts because you know the heat is coming, right? To live well, I think we'd all agree Right, you need to understand the heat, the heat, the summertime, and the cold, right? We're getting this. To live a life well, we need to know the rhythm. We need to know the season that we're in. God is speaking this to Noah. And as we enter into the summer season, as seasons change, we want to understand the season that God has us in practically. Uh, our, our life group was trying to get together last week or this week, and we couldn't figure out a time for all of us to get together, even half our group to get together, because so many people were, well, I'm going on vacation here, I'm going to see family here, my kids got out here. Right? I imagine you've experienced some of the same things. Things just change in the summer, and if we don't realize the season, we can miss out on living well. What we see is that this is not just applicable to a physical season, a natural season, right? Summer, spring, winter, fall, but it's also applicable to spiritual seasons. That as we follow Jesus, that there are different things, different seasons that he brings us into. And then if we're unaware of those seasons, it's really hard to live well in them. It's really hard to walk with him in them if we're unaware of the season. Let me walk you through some scriptures that help kind of uh, help us see this. 
So as you follow the storyline of Scripture forward from Noah, you move into a family that God commits to, that God pours out his grace on and says, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to prosper you, I'm going to grow you, and through you, I'm going to redeem the world. If you're new to the Bible, I want you to know that these stories are not just from long ago that's like a history event, but they're rich and they're meaningful and they speak to us as individual stories, but they're also interconnected. It's a narrative that's being woven in Scripture, a larger story that's important for us to understand where we sit in the year 2017. So God initiates with a family led by a man named Abraham where he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to pour my grace out on you. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. I'm going to be your treasure and your great reward. And he begins to move in the life of this particular family. He says, it's not to end with you. You're to be a blessing to the world. From you, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth. That particular family, after several generations, finds themselves in slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh, and there they live in a harsh slavery for 400 years. They're slaves under Pharaoh's economy and the economy of surplus, where it's work, 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 produce, 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 never a day off, never a holiday. Your life from, uh, from birth to death is all about being a cog in a machine. And God, in his mercy and his power and his grace, comes and he sets this family, now not just a nuclear family, but a large family. Some would even say a nation, a people, a tribe. He sets them free. He brings them out of that slavery through Moses. And he brings them into, he's taking them to a promised land. He's enacting salvation for them. We see even from the beginning pages of Scripture that our God is a saving God. Amen? Ooh, you guys are in the golf clap mood. Our God is a saving God. Amen? Amen. Right? So he's, so he's saving them, and he's bringing them out, and he's bringing them into a land that he's promised to them, right? But they're not there yet. Their season has changed. No longer is Pharaoh the one calling the shots. No longer is Pharaoh the one dictating life and their life wrapped up in what Pharaoh has said. Now they're following God. God is taking the place of leadership in their lives. The way he's leading them is fairly remarkable. They're going through a wilderness. They're going through a desert, and God is leading them with a cloud by day. Now, if you've ever been in the wilderness, you've ever been in a dry and arid part of the country, you're like, man, I bet that would be refreshing. I bet that would be provision. I bet that would be amazing to have a cloud leading you through the wilderness. I've been in the Sahara Desert in the heat, in the sun, and man, it, I, I've never experienced anything like it. So you can see, man, if you were in a place like that and you had a cloud leading you, what a blessing. And they were following God, leading them. And then at night, he would lead them with a fire by night. Think about the deserts get cold, and now there's warmth and provision that way. That was how God was leading for them. God was providing for them no longer through the, the, the resources of Egypt, but as they're wandering in this wilderness, God is providing day by day like foragers. He's dropping what they called manna from the sky. They didn't have words to describe, but this heavenly bread that sustained them. To live well in that season was to understand how God was leading them, was to understand how God was providing for them, and to embrace that. And they really struggled with doing that. Many weren't aware or couldn't tap into, didn't see, and so they'd long to go back to Egypt. You're like, why would you want to go back to being a slave and just being owned by an economic system? 
but it was what was familiar to them. They weren't in tune with what God was doing, able to embrace what God was doing, the season that he had them in. Well, they, the, the wilderness was not forever, right? God takes them through the wilderness, and he begins to lead them into the land that he had promised for them. In that land, they were to conquer, they were to take cities, they were to overthrow people that were there, that God was doing a new thing. He was building a new community, a redeemed community. And so these foragers now following the leadership of God no longer are spending their days going out collecting this mystery bread from the sky, but following Jesus is turning them into warriors, into conquerors, into people taking land, into an army of sorts. And so to understand the season and to live well in that season would be to embrace what God was doing, where God was leading, how God was calling and how he's providing. Their provision wasn't just kind of manna from the sky, but now they were taking cities and they were going to live off of the land. And then God begins to establish them in the land. They're no longer conquering and taking new ground, but they're called to live well within the land, to be farmers, ranchers, shepherds, and to cultivate and to grow. New season, new leadership, new provision. And at each step of the way, they needed to understand the season they were in to live well. Would you agree? The book of Psalms teaches us that this isn't just for them In those days, not just stories of long ago, but in Psalm 90, a prayer is recorded for you and for me that says this, Psalm 90, verse 12, praying to God, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. What does that mean? God, teach us that we wouldn't be blind to the season that we're in, that we wouldn't be blind to what you're doing in this season and the way that we're to steward our lives and following you. Teach us to number our days wisely, that we could live a life well lived. And so we're taught that this is a prayer that we're to have, a way that we're to look at life, questions that you and I are meant to ask. What season are you in? That's what I want to ask you today. What season, as we head into summer, does God have you in? What season does God have our community as a church in? What's he doing and how are we called to walk with him, to live well, to have a heart of wisdom in this particular season? So I'm going to give you some things to think about, some things to write down, to chew on, to take home with you. Because again, I bet there's not a person in here that doesn't want to live well this summer that doesn't want a summer well spent. So here are three things, three uh, lenses, so to speak, to really be able to understand the season that God has us in. I'm going to give you three of them. Number one, what is God doing in this season of redemption? Now that's an interesting topic. What is God doing in this season of redemptive history? You see, I told you the stories of the Bible, they are individual narratives that are powerful, but they fit together in a larger story of God redeeming the world. If you and I, if we lived in the days of Pharaoh and we were with the people in Egypt, the story of redemption in that time was what God was doing through Moses, setting us free from under Pharaoh's leadership, leading us into the promised land. That was the story of redemptive history there. But you and I, we don't live in that time. Uh, None of us are going to go out today and look up in the sky and look for a cloud 
and say, that's God leading us and follow the cloud around. If you did, we'd all look at you like, I think you might be a little, little weird, right? I mean, think about it. Or if at night someone's, you know, has a fire and you're like walking around looking at it saying that's the fire, that's God's leadership on your life. You should be like, dude, I think you might need to like chill out a little bit, right? We're not in that season. It's very valid, very real for them, but that's not where you and I live. So how do we know the season that we find ourselves in in redemption history? How can we align ourselves with that? I have a friend that talking about this says, man, I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize I've been climbing up the wrong ladder. You get to the top of the ladder and you look, I I just climbed up a pointless ladder. I bet you don't want that either. And if we can understand what God is doing in our season of life in redemption history, then we can make sure our ladder is leaned up against the right wall. So in the narrative unfolding of, of Scripture, what we find is that you and I live in a season where we're spreading the good news of the King, King Jesus. That that's the season that we're in. That's the defining aspect of what God is doing in the world in our day. And so the question that I want to ask you, if that's the big season that's common for all of us as followers of Jesus, a question I want you to reflect on, is how can I leverage my life that others may know the goodness of the gospel of Jesus? You want to know how to live well in this season, that's where you start. How can I leverage my life that others may know the goodness of the gospel of Jesus? You can know that you know that you know that you're headed toward a life well spent. You put your ladder up against that question. And that's going to work out a hundred different ways in this room. Not all of us are called to the same expression of that. But nevertheless, all of us as followers of Jesus, once captivated by the glory and the majesty and the love and the grace and the healing power of Jesus, that becomes the question of what God is doing in our generation is he's getting the good news of his son out to the world. So how can you and I, how can we leverage our lives to be a part of spreading that message? I want you to think about that. I want you to to take that to lunch with you today. I want you to pray about that. I want you to to converse about that. What's God calling you to that you might live well in this season around that question? Second lens that's important for us to see in order to live well is what is God doing in the community of believers in that season? Again, For the Israelites, their lives weren't just their lives unto themselves, but they were part of a larger family. God has brought you to this local church for this season. I don't know if it's for a day or the rest of your lives, but I firmly believe that God has brought you here and that this local church is a venue, is a a way, is a means to grow in your relationship with him and that God wants to speak to you. God wants to grow you. God wants to minister to you through being involved with this local church. In their day, what was going on? Well, in a se- one season, it was their gathering provision from the sky. Another season, they were going to take land. Another season, it's time to farm and time to plant. So what's the word for our season? As a community, as a church, what's God doing? What's God speaking 
So I want to give you three words that I believe mark our season. That, that cheer right there is a kid's ministry over there. If you have kids, uh, I heard one of the kids from the first service leave and said, Daddy, we got to come back next week. This was awesome. They're doing a great job over there, and if you've got kids, you want them there. So just get excited with them. I'm going to give you three words that I believe the Lord has for us as a community in this season. It's joy, it's rest, and it's expansion. And I want to unpack each of those because I think to live well for us, our shared life together, is to embrace those three words this summer. Number one is joy. Jesus is our treasure. And this summer, God wants to expand our capacity of knowing him and enjoying him and finding him to be the best thing that there is. Last week, I asked you to pray for our building move. As you guys know, we're kind of on a transition with buildings. We prayed for the inspection. We specifically prayed for the inspector. Now, interestingly enough, uh, she was in a great mood. We prayed last week that she would have eaten a good lunch, that she'd just come happy. She Randomly, she talked to me about the shrimp she ate for lunch. She was like, she was asking me spiritual questions. I mean, she was in a good mood. Unfortunately, our, our fire alarm contractor didn't have, let's say he didn't bring his A game to the inspection. Be a kind way to put it. Uh, so he didn't pass the inspection, so we're kind of back on the, the round with another inspection. But I, I know that this transition has been challenging for many of us. We're like, are we ever going to get into this building? I even had someone very vulnerably ask, Zach, do you, are we going to make it? Like, do you think people are going to leave the church through this? And I was like, well, there are a lot of great churches in Dallas we want the people that God has called here a part of this church. And we believe that God has a lot of people in Dallas that don't have a church that we can be a part of expressing the hope of Jesus too. And I think in thinking about that, I realized, man, a building has never been what defines us. A building has never been what defines us. And we're going to get into this building, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to celebrate. But the centerpiece of who we are is not a building. It is Jesus. And knowing him is joy, and we're going to be here or somewhere, a parking lot, a park, a house, wherever, celebrating Jesus all summer long, coming together and just taking joy in him. That's the defining thing about who we are. That's what's going to be the centerpiece. The dominant headline over us, i just committing to you as the pastor here, is not going to be what's the latest with the building and how long is that going to take. The dominant headline over our summer is how awesome Jesus is. So you can know, you can just put your hat there and be like, that's where we're going. We're not folding. We're not moving on. We're not just saying, well, it didn't work out. No, Jesus is the same yesterday and forever. We can enjoy him wherever, and we're going to enjoy him here in the embassy suites in this little room until we get in that building. Praise God. So that's where we're going to be. Next week, I'm going to share a message with you called Party or Die. And it's going to be about the God of extravagant celebration. So just know we're honing in on joy. In July, we're going to go through the Psalms. And we've got some guest teachers that are just going to be bringing it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great summer growing and knowing Jesus and experiencing his joy. Second aspect of the summer is rest. I want you to rest this summer. I want you to go on a vacation. I know a hotel. Uh, that you could go to here in town. The Embassy Suites, they got a great buffet. You come down for church. Just kidding. Whether it's a staycation, whether it's going somewhere, I want you to rest. I want you to enjoy rest in this season. Our life groups are on a break. If you're new, we're going to have some events this summer, but really we value rest, and we found that the summertime is a great place for our community 
to rest and to get rejuvenated. And we're going to embrace that for all it's worth this summer. Third thing is expansion. Okay, so even in the midst of transition, we've got a church being planted in Brussels. We've got two teams going out there. We've got another team going out to the Dominican Republic. Uh, Pastor Allen is going to Cuba tomorrow to train pastors and sharing the gospel. I mean, we just got things going on. There you go, right there, Allen. We've got things going on. It's exciting to be a part of the kingdom of God, the expression and the expansion of the gospel here in Dallas and around the world. And those are our three words for the summer, joy, rest, and expansion. And so here's the question I want to ask you. In the midst of the season where we're taking vacations, where we're in and out of town, how can you stay connected and engaged with a church community that God has called you to this summer? I used to teach middle school, and what we would find is at the end of the year, the students would be going strong. They would have learned a lot. They'd have summer where they'd check out, and they'd be video games and kind of just sleeping in and all this sort of stuff. They'd come back in the fall, and you're spending six, eight weeks just trying to remember what we learned the last year, right? I see that spiritually, too. I bet that you've taken ground spiritually that Jesus has done stuff in your life this spring. And one thing I can find is when we disconnect from the people of God, that oftentimes we can regress, we can forget, we can get distant and cold, and I don't want that for you. I don't bet you want that for yourself. So recognizing the season that we're in, where it's going to involve more traveling, where it's going to involve going to see your family, going on vacation, which I want you to do, I want to ask you, how can you stay connected and engaged? When our life groups aren't meeting, how can you still stay connected with the people that God's called you to? That's a key to living well this summer. Two, th- two thoughts that I have for you on that. Number one, whether we're here at the Embassy Suites or we're in a parking lot or we're on a rooftop somewhere, we're going to record uh, the sermons. We're going to record the messages because I believe this is more than just, oh, we just do this every week. I believe that God has things for you to build you up, not beat you up, to build you up in this season. So whether you're in or out of town, you can get on the app or the email list or the podcast, whatever. And I want to challenge you to stay connected through listening in, whether you're in town or out, because God has something for you to live well in this season through the community he's brought you to be a part of. Second thing is, as your life group is on break, I want to encourage you to find one person that you can connect with consistently over the summer, whether it's a phone call, Vox, breakfast every week, lunch every, whatever it may be, who's that one person that you can say, hey, let's lock in together that we could live well this summer, that we could engage together, that we could press in together, that we could go deep in Jesus together, okay? Those are two ideas on staying connected to what God is doing this summer. Third lens that I want to offer to you is your personal season, for my wife and I, we are three kids, one on the way in August. I imagine that's different than your season. And when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves and we look at what this person or that person is doing, right, it just gets us way off track. And we're not a community that's about comparison. You don't need to look like anyone here. You don't need to act like anyone here. You don't need to vote like anyone here. You need to look like Jesus and you need to be leaning toward him, right? But God has brought us together and we're better together. Like Molly said, And if we can be who we are and we can embrace the season that God has us in, even if it's different than the person next to us, but we can be aware of the season that God has for us, we can embrace it and live it well. 
This is a season for me. I'm realizing with my kids, I've got a limited number of summers with them. At the pool yesterday, I saw these teenage guys trying to do gainers, back, kind of back dives off the diving board. I remember whole summer I spent trying to do that. Could never get it, but I tried. But that's not the season that I'm in right now. I'm in the season of my two-year-old going, one, two, three, jump off the ladder. And I need to embrace that and embrace it. That's God, what he has me in in this season. What's the season that God has for you? What's the thing that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is speaking to you about the season that God has? And how can we champion each other in embracing that? I believe if we'll look through these three lenses, if we'll come out of today, we'll chew on it this week with some clarity on those issues that we're going to be positioned for a fruitful summer. We're going to be positioned for a sweet summer. We're going to be positioned for a summer well spent, a summer well lived. And so I want to offer those uh, items of discussion to you. As we close, we're going to have the worship team come on up. And uh, we're going to close with a worship song together. Jesus, uh, we love you. Thank you that you are the God of the seasons. Thank you that we live in a season of redemption being expanded, the good news of the king getting out to the whole world. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. Thank you that you've called our local community to joy, Lord, to rest and to expansion in this season. And there are a hundred or a thousand things that you've called us to as individually. And I pray that this week that we'd have great clarity and great encouragement, great wisdom in the season that we find ourselves in, that we might live well, that we might honor you, that we might live fruitfully this summer. In Jesus' name, I want to invite you to stand as we close in worship. It's a new day, dawn. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be seen when.
My time has come Still my soul will sing your praise God, that you would be lifted up, Lord, that this would be a fruitful summer of joy, of rest, of uh, expectation for what you have for us, God. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.